Welcome to Restaurant Influencers. My name is Sean Walchef, founder of Cali Barbecue Media. Today's episode is brought to you by Entrepreneur Media and Yelp. Uh, our primary presenting sponsor is Toast, which is our primary point of sale partner. We're grateful that all of these people have come together to allow us this stage um, in life and in the restaurant business, we learn through lessons and stories. And today's guest is Joelle Parentau. I found her on Medium. Medium is a blogging article. Um, she is a restaurant owner and she is here to share her story. Joelle, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. Thank you so much. So I've got a random question to start the show. I'd like to know where in the world is your favorite stadium, stage, or venue? Oh, wow. Good question. Um, so. If you were to look from just a pure like stadium architectural standpoint, um, I have been to a game at Camp Nou in Barcelona, which is just massive. So just sheer scope. But if you look at it from an experience ambiance, once you're inside perspective, um, if you haven't been to a Vegas Golden Knights game in Vegas, okay, <laughs> that is, is next next level. Just the production of it, the the energy in there is just nuts. Okay, well, let's go with Vegas Golden Knights, even though I'm a huge fan of Barcelona, I studied in Spain. Uh, let's go with the Golden Knights in Vegas. And let's pretend that I somehow convince entrepreneur Yelp and Toast to put on a hospitality conference. And at this hospitality conference, we get a bunch of restaurant owners, hospitality professionals, everybody that wants to up their game with digital content, improve their business. And I give you center stage. I give you the mic and say, oh, wow. two minutes, tell us your story. Can you do it? Um, I mean, I'm minutes, 120 seconds, 120 <laughs> yeah, seconds. Yeah. 20 seconds. Um, 120 seconds. You get 120. You're good. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. So okay. two minutes, two minutes. Yeah. You're asking if I can do it or you asking um, me to do it. I'm right asking now? you to do it right now. To <laughs> Do it right now. All right. So I am the owner of a really cute little Berlin street food shop called Wolf down. We specialize in Berlin donors and you know, to most, most North Americans, that is, they're not super familiar with it. Um, but it's best way to describe it is as kind of a cousin to the gyro shawarma. Um, they all have a common ancestry dating back to the Ottoman Empire. You see the meat on the, you know, the rotating skewer, also kind of commonality with tacos al pastor, but basically take all that, put a Turkish German twist on it. And you've got something pretty, pretty unique. And I fell in love with it after falling in love with a German boy who <laughs> brought me to Germany and um, he hyped up this food so much. I, I'd never heard of it. And I was like, can't possibly be this good. No one's heard of it. Um, and of course I had my first bite and I was just mind blown being like, wait, how did you guys keep this a secret from us for so long? And like, how do we not already have this all over? Um, so the, of course the entrepreneur in me with, no inclination previously to open a restaurant was like, I guess I got to open a donor shop because it's the only way I'm going to eat it. And here we are. And here we are. And where, and where are you at, at the current stage of your business? How many restaurants were you guys located with what's going on? So uh, we have a bit of an unusual growth trajectory. <laughs> it's a little personalized. Uh, so I live, my hometown is Ottawa. I live here, uh, Ottawa, Canada. So we opened the first one here, of course, for ourselves. Um, and then we decided it was a brilliant idea to open the second location in Las Vegas of all places, which seems random. I mean, we're going Canada, US, East Coast, West Coast. Um, but my, my husband and I actually happen to also be part-time poker players. Hence the Vegas connection. It's kind of where we spend 
the second most time. Um, also just kind of getting a little bit over uh, Canadian winter. So we've actually just decided to buy uh, a lot in Vegas to spend the winters there. So it's kind of our second home. So for, and, and a lot of our investors and friends in Vegas were just like, you got to bring this here. So, you know, I'm like, okay, I got you. <laughs> there you go. And then, uh, and then we just opened, um, just kind of jumping into the ghost kitchen game as well. So we just opened a couple in Toronto and one in Calgary, and we're looking to expand more that way. That's awesome. So we we also have two ghost kitchens. I'd love for you to explain to the listeners. Um, I know we have a lot of restaurant owners, but ghost kitchens are a hot button topic. What, what are they? So they're basically a virtual kind of delivery take, not always take out in most cities, but, but let's say a delivery only kind of kitchen. So, you know, customers ordered just through Uber Eats, DoorDash, Skip, uh, I guess those are different names here here in Canada, yeah. but um, so it's the idea of you you don't have a a physical storefront, so it's it's completely virtual in that sense. But at the same time, the the advantage is that you you know your operational costs, your upfront costs, a lot of this can be much more streamlined, and yeah, it's a kind of a delivery play. So the reason why uh, we're so interested in this podcast, we're so excited to meet people like you, people all over the globe, is that you know, the digital world, what we hope people take away from this podcast is that, you know, every person that is in the restaurant space and the hospitality space, they have a unique story. And we have the technology that enables us to share that story should we choose to do so. Um, you and I connected because of Medium, which is a blogging website. Uh, you wrote an article, Why Restaurants Are So Fucked. Yeah. Um, you wrote a follow-up to that article, which also came into my inbox um, just recently, Why Restaurants Are So Fucked, Part 2. Uh, why did you do that? And what was the response that you received after the first uh, the, the first, first article that you wrote? So um, the first one, I'm, I'm not someone who's like a full-time blogger who's really into this. I really just, <laughs> the, the first one was basically just a rant of just stuff that I had to get off my chest. And the timing of that was just kind of at the start of COVID. So just seeing some of the things we were going through and how we were struggling. So the first one was mostly focused on the lack of understanding of just kind of how all the costs add up in the industry and, and um, my frustration at um, the lack of appreciation or understanding for like how, what it all takes to serve you a, a, a great meal. You know, yeah. I, the one thing I can't stand is when people are like, well, I could buy all these ingredients at the store for less. And you're like, that's, that's not the point. Correct. Um, and I also feel like I had, I had the advantage of writing it from a place of, I was, I was brand new to this industry. I never ended up to, you know, anticipated being in this industry. So I had, you know, just a year before been that quote unquote, like customer who had no clue. And then I just kind of entered behind the scenes and was like, whoa, like even I, I, I have a grasp for business, but even I didn't um, fully anticipate or appreciate all these extra costs that yeah. go into play, you know, whether it's you know, paying for waste management or grease trap servicing and all these things that um, the, the average consumer just, just wouldn't know. It's not their fault. They, they're not behind the scenes. So I just wanted to shed some light on that to help explain why um, restaurant food costs what it costs. And that, you know, there's also that there's great people working behind the scenes and they deserve a lot better than what they're getting. Um, and so that, that was kind of the, the gist of the first one. And it seemed to really open a lot of eyes. And I was really pleased that the response of people just 
you know, taking it in and being like, wow, I had no clue, but thank you. And I appreciate that now. And um, so that post kind of just overnight went viral out of nowhere, which was totally not what I over millions of views. Correct. Yeah. And, and I ended up doing podcasts all over the world. Um, So, so that just, just like we're doing right now, just the connections from that was, was really, really cool. And um you know, it actually really helped because that, that was when we were just in, in lockdowns and COVID. So I was kind of going stir crazy. So it kind of helped me to, to keep talking to people. Um, now the follow-up was spurred on by this, the stage that we're at right now in the pandemic of, we all thought the vaccines were going to save us. Things were looking better. We kind of finally saw that light at the end of the tunnel. And yet it just seems like we can't get there. And at the same time, what we're seeing happen simultaneously with that is that at the start of COVID, people were, were pretty empathetic and, you know, people were supportive and but like now everybody's tired and yeah. everybody's just so done with it that we, I feel like that, that kind of compassion is starting to fade and people are starting to get a little bit edgier and you match that with the way the reopening was was done where it was just like oh you guys can open back up but we're like well we have no staff no supplies no like in the meantime um the average consumer has just no awareness of just how much the global supply chain is in shambles yeah and just how bad the staffing industry or the staffing shortages are and to me it was just really frustrating to hear people just say oh, well, if you took care of your people and if you paid them more, they wouldn't have left you. And I was like, I pay my team really well. Something So like it's something literally the most important thing to me as a business owner is to try to figure out how to take care of my people. So um, we've always paid more than minimum wage, but at the same time, like, I can, there's only so much margin here of what I the economics of running a restaurant. I mean, that's the, the beauty of what you've done in exposing the economics behind running a restaurant are, how naive the rest of the world is to what it costs to, to, to run a restaurant, you know, and that that's why the restaurant model is broken. That's why your article resonated with so many people. That's why for four years, we failed running our restaurant until we, you know, got the advice that we needed on how, on what prime costs are, what, what a proper food cost is, what's, what's weekly inventory. What, what do you mean weekly inventory? We have to count everything in this restaurant every single week. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you, you, you do that, but then you, you know, all you can do is do your best. And really what you've done by sharing your story is that you've shed light, you know, and I think that's, you know, something that's, it's educational, but it's also probably pretty therapeutic for you to to sure. talk about your own journey, right? It, it's very cathartic. Um, and I must say 80%, 80, 90% of the response has been extremely positive and people, you know, being very understanding, being, you know, appreciating um, us, explaining it and just, you know, giving them a look. Uh, but then there's obviously always going to be that, that percentage of people sure. who just think that like, we're trying to take advantage or something or that, you know, or like that we're fighting to keep underpaying people. I'm like, no, no, that's like literally the opposite Correct. of what I was just saying, but people are going to spin it and they're going to try to take it in their own, you know, they're just, unfortunately the, the trolls are out there and it's a good yeah. time it's also it's hard to to put yourself out there and to be vulnerable and to say okay like this is my reality and no matter how you say it they're going to want to attack you and i think 
that that's what that's the hard part of this is like, wow, you don't know me and you don't know my staff. You don't know my people. I've done everything I could during this pandemic to go above and beyond and take care of them. Um, and for some reason, it's like the, our industry has unjustly gotten a bad rap of just underpaying and like, yeah, under, you know, underappreciating. I was like, wow, like since and I know I'm pretty new to this industry, but everybody I've met, I've never met such like good good-hearted people who care about their teams and like will go to bat for them and they're just saying like oh well that's they're saying like our whole industry is just like that's why we're having so many problems like yeah. if you just took care of them you'd have no problem like literally think think about it this way the government force like i'm not full service but I, my, a lot of my friends are mm -hmm. so in canada we've been shut down four times like you just force that, that business owner to fire his staff four times correct and you expect Fire them, them bring them back correct like wait for you, us wait for us and then you're like oh i don't yeah. know why you have staffing or labor problems in your industry it's like well if instead the government said when there's a shutdown um you know what we'll do we'll we'll give you grants so that you can keep your people employed instead they mm -hmm. said no fire them and then we'll pay them and we'll look yeah. like well the government saved you it's like no no the government fucked you and then now they're trying to look like heroes and somehow that story is getting spun back on our industry and making to make us look bad and, and like that's what well, that's the, all what kind of got me the thing that i mean that's the thing that i love is that you've become your own media source and that's really what we advocate is that you become the voice of your village like you can only own your truth mm -hmm. and you can own your truth on the internet you have the courage to publish that truth on the internet. And because you do, you get this incredible, overwhelming response. Yes, you're going to have haters. Like no matter what, you know, you can't get into business and not have people say, oh, you think you've got, you know, great Berlin donor, uh, donor kebabs? Like, no, they're, they're shit. They're nothing compared to what I've had. I mean, we're in the barbecue business in San Diego. Do you know how many people told us we don't know how what we're doing in San Diego that, you know, that Texas barbecue is better, Kansas City barbecue is better. It's like, you have to have that tough skin. What's your uh, advice to somebody that, is is they want to share their story online they want to build their business they want to build a, a stronger community what's your advice to somebody that is thinking about publishing on the internet well that that is such a great timely question right now because i'm just literally going through it this week um because this one's taking off as well and like and there's there's so much comments and like i said whereas 80 80 to 90 90 percent of it is is super positive there's there's also a very dark side Mm -hmm. And as much as like literally written in my posts, I try to not give a fuck. And you, you, <laughs> you know, you try to, to pretend that nothing gets to you. And in general, I, I have built pretty thick skin, uh, but at the end of the day, we're all human. And I can't pretend that there aren't moments where it uh, doesn't upset me. Um, yeah. And then, you know, there's the, in, in my case too, like, so it's funny because at first they just started attacking me personally. And yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. Like you're, you're just, you, you're haters, haters going to hate. Whatever. If you have the time to attack yeah. somebody personally because of what yeah. they wrote or a video that they made or a post that they made about their own personal experience or their own business. I mean, you, you know, there, there's much deeper issues there. Yeah. And they're just taking things from my personal life. I have nothing to do with Correct. any of this and, and using that mm -hmm. as ammo. Um, and that was one thing. And I was just like, okay, whatever, fuck them. Um, 
but now just just recently today they started like taking that and started to like bring it onto google and start bashing a wolf down in my team so now i'm like well that now i'm pissed like yeah that's not cool yeah i can handle it but Correct. i'm responsible for my team and, that, and that's when you do start to question like is it worth it yeah um at the end of the day i will always say yes <laughs> i won't be silenced and i believe in speaking up and I think that maybe one of the things that was somewhat lost is like, yes, I'm telling my story from my own personal experience, but in that voice is also the stories of all my friends and all the, all the wonderful people. So it's not just my story. So there's certain things that I'm defending that maybe isn't specifically my case, but I'm, I know it's happened to a lot of others. So like my experience is different as a fast casual from a full service and sure. they've gotten it so much worse. So I'm also feel like I, I want to be a voice and I want to defend them and as well. So it's not even like all saying this is me personally, and this is our personal experience. I'm just mm -hmm. feel like the industry as a whole doesn't have enough people speaking up for it. And so for some crazy reason, I decided <laughs> I would try because I, I have such a passion for this industry, but yeah, I mean, it, it also means I'm opening myself up to, to, to be a target. Yeah, sure. but I'll, you know what, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll take it. Well, I, I hope, I hope that you continue to have the courage because for me, it's inspirational. It's me. It's inspirational to see someone like you publishing content on the internet, telling the truth, you know, telling the truth about your business. And, and because of that, you know, there's so many businesses all across the globe that are in the hospitality business. Like you said, you know, it's easy for the media to report that we're not paying our staff well enough, but you don't get into the hospitality business unless you care about people. Like we care about people through food. Like it, it literally couldn't be a more difficult business to get in when you're talking about people's senses and you know making a memorable moment. You know having someone come into your shop and walk away with them with a memory that they want to go tell someone else about. So for me, I, I hope you continue to lean into that, um, despite you know the ten percent or fifteen percent or twenty five whatever whatever that percentage is. Um, hopefully more people are, are, are encouraged by your voice. And I, uh, I hope people take that away. One of the things we do love to talk about is mentorship. Um, it's mm -hmm. something that I failed at as a, as an early restaurateur, uh, not asking for help more when I should have. And now I'm trying to do a better job and ask people who have been there for directions on how to get there. If they have multiple restaurants, if they're, if they're in podcasts, if they're in media, I'm trying to figure it out. So I don't have to, you know, literally learn how to make the recipe of the sausage myself, <laughs> Somebody's already made the sausage. <laughs> Let's go ask for help. Um, have you had any mentors in your life? Uh, actually, this is so many. This is probably the one area I think I've been the most fortunate. Um, and no, no, some of that comes from me asking, like me not being afraid to, to ask or to reach out. For some reason, I just knew that that was something that was going to be very important. I always say, looking back on school, the one, the one thing they don't emphasize, but it, it sounds like a cliche line, but like you realize when you get in business, it is a lot about who, you know, um, yeah. they don't teach that at school. You can't teach that at school, but when it's come down to it at the end of the day, I've gotten here all by just connecting with people and working together and making things happen. Um, but in terms of, of mentors, all like actually all of our, investors are, are people that I admire um, in, in different ways, mostly. So I don't know if you know this, but half of our investors are the uh, founders of Shopify. 
who awesome. are Germans. And, you know, I've heard of Shopify. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> My kids it's, listen to Shopify on the way to daycare every morning. <laughs> so, you know, they, they've done all right. Um, yeah. And they just, they want a German donor. And I was like, I think I can do that. Let's see. <laughs> I think I can make that happen. I think I, I like, can execute. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I like donor too. So like, so our origin story is super random. Yeah. Um, Random's the best. I mean, why would, yeah. why would a barbecue restaurant be in San Diego? It's a barbecue media company. I mean, what are you going to do? Exactly. Random, lean into your random, lean into your crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other half of our investors are high stakes German poker pros who were also guys I admired, you know, as I started getting into poker and then became friends with. And I mean, they'll teach you a thing or two about risk. Uh, risk <laughs> um, but also entering this industry, knowing nothing, um, yeah. both here in Ottawa, so many people stepped up and were just, I couldn't believe it. like, I, I thought like, maybe they're not going to like me because competition and because like, who am I to come into this world with nothing? And it was the complete opposite. Yeah. Like, um, you know, from Steve Beckett to Dave Siegel to just like everybody just was like, how can I help? And it was yeah. like, wow, that's crazy. And then same exact experience. I go to Vegas. I'm nobody. I'm not even local. What am I doing? I don't know. Um, but I, I put myself out there, was vulnerable. And, you know, everybody from James Trees, who has like a bunch of amazing restaurants down there to Colin Fukunaga, Fuku Burger, they're just like, yeah, let's meet up. Like, what do you need? Wow. And that is like one of the coolest things about this industry. It's, I've already made, like, just met the most amazing people and made really great friends and contacts. And that that's the story that you, you never see. And I, I've been in other industries and it's just, there's nothing quite like um, the hospitality industry, which probably, like you said, probably for obvious reasons, but mm-hmm. you you really see that it's, it's not about the competition so much as the collaboration. Yeah. And, and that's what's, what's really cool. We really are, do feel like we're in this together. So, I mean, my mentor list is like way too long to even, <laughs> to even start. So I, I'm very, very fortunate in that regard. Yeah, I love that. It was for for us, you know, I, I say that people gave us a hard time about barbecue and that that's just the, the consumer. But mm-hmm. when you think about when we started going into Kansas City Barbecue Society and National Barbecue Society, once they realized how serious we were about the craft of barbecue, it was always how can I help? You know, yeah. and like that that's part of the hospitality, that's part of the restaurant business. And it's something that hopefully anybody that's listening to this podcast, they if they're thinking about opening up a restaurant, know that you're not alone. Like there's plenty of us that have gone out there and tried to do it ourselves, but you know, it doesn't matter what village you're in, what city you're in, what country you're in, there's somebody out there and restaurant people are some of the best people on earth. And if, if they see how serious you are, they're more than willing to help. Right. Like, and that, that's something that somehow it seems so obvious to me and is, is not well understood that, like you said, no one gets into this restaurant business just like, cause like they think it's a good way to make money. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's like, not a quick way to make it. No, like, <laughs> And that's what, that's what one yeah. of those things that just drives me insane when people say that, like, kind of pin it on, like, oh, you're just greedy or something. I'm like, seriously? Seriously? <laughs> wow. Um, and so, like, everybody, we're all doing it from a place of just passion for whether it's food in general or a specific type of food or it's it's creating experience for people. Like, that's why we, that's why we do it. And um I just wish there was more appreciation for that. Even, even in my case, 
I'm a white girl doing Turkish German cuisine. Um, and we've even gotten attacked because in Germany, it's mostly only Turkish mom and pops that do this. So people come in or like, so we've been attacked by being like, well, you're not Turkish. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, am I not allowed? Yeah. And this whole, dis like, that's the other kind of discussion that we're facing a lot right now is this whole idea of authenticity and cultural appropriation. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, you can't win guys. Like I'm just trying to, to do a good thing here. I'm trying to bring good food. Um, yeah. And the kicker of this is that it's usually like the most random people or like other white people that are calling me out on this. Yeah. And I'm like, but we have Turkish customers and they fucking love us. Like, so like, they're not even offended. We're just trying to, we're embracing this. And that's a whole, a whole other discussion. So just like all this to say, you know, it's, it's a tough industry and I, it's a tough industry. You need tough skin, but I mean, ultimately you're leaning into your truth. You know, it's one of my things, you know, my, my media mentor, David Meltzer, he teaches me that truth vibrates the fastest. And as you can tell from, you know, the content that you're putting out, the food that you're putting out, the quality, you wouldn't have people buying in. You wouldn't have investors wanting to give you guys money, believing in opening it up more shops if, if you weren't, you know, true to your word. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, one of the, the things that we love to talk about is technology. Um, obviously, Toast is our primary point of sale partner. They're sponsoring this podcast. Um, you know, we needed an online ordering during the pandemic, and we switched over to Toast and it really helped us in our operations. Is there any technology that you guys are currently using that has been a, a help to you during the pandemic or during your operations? Um, you know, I'll be, I'll be very honest, and this is a, another controversial one, but um, we basically have surviving the pandemic we basically owe that to oh, uber eats and oh i love that no i read your article about yeah. that please tell me more about uber eats because um, because it's easy to find the narrative about how bad third-party delivery is but you won't hear that from us and i'd love to hear it from you yeah so the reality is um especially during covid there's people that cannot get to us. We, our location is not easy to park at. Um, some people don't have cars. People were stuck in quarantine. Like as much as you want to say, like, like you hear people are like, don't be lazy, go to the restaurant, support directly. Like it's just not possible for some people. No. So that's, that's one end. Plus there's people that literally just discovered us because they're scrolling through that app. So Correct. It's also, it's also a massive marketing channel for us. Um, and because we put out quality, we're always kind of top eight. So we do get a lot of visibility. Um, and when you hear people saying like, well, for what they, what they charge for it, you know, is it worth it? And I, I did the math on like what it would cost me to try to do all of these deliveries, not to mention just from a pure logistics perspective, Correct. there's no way I could do this. We do 2,500 to 3,000 deliveries a month there's yeah. no way I can it's do that possible. my car. Like it's not going to happen. And not, I couldn't even do that with my own delivery person because it's not a constant demand. It's not like every 10 minutes we have an order. It's like 6 PM. There's 12 orders at once. Right. And I need 12 drivers at my doorstep in five minutes. So like it or not, the reality is that they've enabled us to keep getting our food 
to as many, if not more people. Yeah. And all of this is going down. No, I really and, appreciate you saying that. It's it's very yeah. important because I mean that that's why we love technology so much is because it forces the restaurant business to think like an e-commerce company. I mean, we can't discriminate how people get our barbecue in San Diego. Before it was build this great barbecue restaurant that everyone's going to drive 45 minutes across town to come line up for an hour, you know, to buy brisket. But that doesn't make sense. Like Amazon Prime has changed that. You know, technology has changed how we get things. And, you know, as a as a dad of a four-year-old and a two-year-old, sometimes we don't have time to cook. After a busy day at work, we don't have time to cook. And guess what? We're going to get Uber Eats or we're going to get DoorDash. Will we support a local restaurant? Yeah, probably we will. But at the end of the day, it's going to be convenience. So I, I appreciate you not only talking about that, but writing about that because it is it is super important. Is there anything that you do um, recently, personally or in business, the, any kind of habit that you've implemented that's made an impact on you? Ooh. Habit. Um... I am a, I'm a not, nothing that's new. I'm, I'm pretty much a creature of habit. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're I'm a creature of habit. So how about um, any 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 habit that's helped you um, as you've become a restaurant owner? Any anything that that might be a little bit unconventional? Oh wow! I wish I was prepared for this one. Um, I'm gonna. I feel like everything we do is a little bit unconventional, but. Um, One thing we we stand, we've always stood by is trying to do one thing really well. And and that's I love that. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword because you you know, a lot of places try to do everything and try to do it all. Um, so we are known for having one of the smallest menus in the city. And most people love that. They actually come in and you know, they're like, wow, you've made my life easier by not having to make these decisions. And I'm like, always the one that has like analysis paralysis and just like can't make up my mind um, when, with big menus. So that's something that we're kind of challenged on all the time because there's always all these opportunities to, oh, why don't you add this? Why don't you add that? And we were very selective of like, okay, we'll do this one LTO just you yeah. know to, to do something fun on the side, but trying to stick stay true to what we stand for um, at this, like standing our ground on that it's it's a tricky balance but that's not really yeah bad. no that that that's great advice it's something that we learned after 13 years we've simplified our menu more than it ever has and just because right. you can do it doesn't mean you should do it and if i could go back and tell myself you know to lean into barbecue way back when we first started um that would be the advice that i would give myself so um, what's the best place for people to connect with you um at the restaurant where in vegas and um where, where are the locations yeah, so um, in Ottawa, we are right downtown in uh, on Bank Street. In Vegas, we're actually unconventionally placed in Koreatown, um, right on Spring Mountain Road. So that's a pretty uh, busy plaza. A lot of people know there's a lot of good spots on there. It's kind of anchored by Golden Tiki and um, so some really, really cool spots in there. Uh, for myself, connecting, you know, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Perfect. We'll put Find links. Me. We'll put links in the show notes. Um, and Wolf Down is the brand. Um, absolutely love the branding. I'm a little bit biased. My last name means wolf in Bulgarian. So 
we have our, our Walchef Wolf Pack, our little our little family here. But I love all the branding. I'm probably going to go on your website and buy some swag and get it sent out to us because uh, we love what you guys are doing. It's super cool. Um, yeah, I'm happy to hook you up. Just let me know. <laughs> if you guys uh, want to reach out to me, it's at Sean P. Walchef on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. Those are the primary playgrounds. If you want to learn more about the show, it's Restaurant Influencers. Dot media. If you want to nominate somebody to be on the show, if somebody is doing a great job on Instagram, if they're doing a great job podcasting, if they're on Snapchat, whatever they're doing for the restaurant, if there's an app on the smartphone that they're telling their story um, and you found them and you think that they'd be a great guest on the show, please reach out to us. Um, thanks again to Toast, um, our primary point of sale partner for putting this podcast together. And thank you for your time. We're super, super grateful, Joe. I hope you publish more on Medium and I hope you publish on, on more platforms because the world needs your voice. I, I really appreciate that. It means a lot. On Restaurant Influencers, you will learn how to share your brand story online from the best smartphone storytellers in the restaurant and hospitality space. Powered by Entrepreneur Media and Yelp, our weekly show will explore the creator economy ecosystem so that you can find opportunities for your food business to grow. Thanks to Toast, our primary technology partner at Cali Barbecue Media, for not only sponsoring this show, but for helping restaurants become digital first businesses. If you want to learn more about why we switched from Aloha to Toast after 12 years in business and how Toast can help your restaurant become a digital first restaurant, please send us a DM today at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. Thank you.